Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ah. Well, perfect. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Real Forno Show. As Dave hits the go live button while we're talking pre-show banter, um, we have a good show for you tonight. Dave is not going to hijack the show, but we may have a hijacker regardless, as it is Odie's first birthday today. Along with that, we're going to talk the wide receiver room, the future of it, the state of it, and all things Minnesota Vikings. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Hello. Say hello. It's Odie's first birthday today. Right, Odie? Odie, Are you going to get a treat, honey? You can get a treat, Odie? Yeah. It is Odie's first birthday, and he's already gotten a pup cup. He's already gotten treats. He got presents. Mm-hmm. He's a spoiled little doggy, aren't you, bud? <laughs> he, hates, he hates this so much, but he loves his dad. Don't you, buddy? And he loves the people. Thank you for giving me treats, Mary. Yay! I, I regret to inform Mary that uh, the toy that she gave him has already been half destroyed, but that means he loves it, and that is what matters. He had a good time, didn't you, Odie? Say, but can you say bye bye? 
because it's your birthday. Dad doesn't want to torture you. Bye-bye. And then comes mom to grab him so he can he can go and have a good rest of his birthday. All right. Good observation by Norsefius. It's episode 101, and Odie is 1. 1. 1.01. It it is it's that kind of day, but welcome to the Real Forno show. We wanted to at least give everybody a little bit of Odie to start the day because it is his first birthday. And we're gonna have a little fun. We're gonna talk about the wide receiver room, Dave. And it's a very interesting room. Uh, first, let's uh, kind of go over some news. We don't have any other than training camp is going to start on the 23rd for rookies and the 25th for veterans. That's the report. Uh, yeah. Yep. That's the reporting date. Some veterans are going to be reporting early. Um, we'll see how that kind of ends, ends up working out. Um, generally the ones that are on the sick and lame list and I think quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like one of those things, pitchers and catchers, uh, yada, yada, bing, bang. It's fine. Um, Davey asked if I saw the video of, um, Mick Foley and the undertaker watching their hell in a cell match. No, I have not seen it, but I did see that it exists. I don't know if I'll end up watching it. Um, but I do think that was like that was honestly a turning point in the Monday Night War. You know what? I might have to seek it out. We'll, we'll see. I've been addicted to Shark Tank. The last three days, I've already watched like three and a half seasons of Shark Tank. Um, that show is so good. Um, I just saw an episode where they gave a 15-year-old girl $300,000 for 30% of her business. The girl started when she was 10. Like, how inspirational is that? 15 years old, and she got the sharks to team up to give her money. Like, that was, that was really cool. And I was like a kid, like, you look at that and like, I can do that. Like, that's, that's really, really cool. But let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. The wide receiver room is an interesting one because it has a lot of talent, but what it doesn't have is supreme depth. KJ Osborne's still a little bit of an anomaly. We just don't know what he is going to be fully yet. We also don't know what Jordan Addison's going to be because he's a rookie. So there honestly are a lot of questions after Justin Jefferson. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's the cost of doing business in the National Football League. You're going to have seasons where you just have questions out of position. And the Vikings are going through that right now at wide receiver. They obviously just got rid of Adam Thielen. There's, there's a lot of interesting ones. And Dr. Proto's right. Good ideas are not based on age. It's not the idea. It's the execution and the fact that by like age 15, the girl had like $5 million in sales. Damn. It's, it's that. Like that is extraordinary for a young person. And I just thought that was really, really cool. Like, you could just tell like she was just a, a good hearted human too, just by the way she presented herself. Like I was just floored and amazed. Like that's mm-hmm. the achievement at that young age is tremendously impressive. So I, I like to give praise when I can in those situations. Um, let's uh, let's talk about this receiver room. Um, we're not going to talk much about Justin Jefferson today. Why? Uh, I, 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 
I want to. Okay. As everybody's seen a few days ago, ESPN's radio's Rankum series, where Keyshawn Johnson said, gave a list of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. And, mm-hmm. of course, he left off Justin Jefferson. He's an idiot. And Chris Carter slapped back. Chris Carter's like, you're on drugs. Now, he didn't say that. I'm sure he thought it, but he didn't say that. Anyways, today on the Pat McAfee show, Justin gets insulted again. Pat McAfee says that Justin Jefferson was good because of Cook, Dalvin Cook. It was because teams were afraid of Dalvin Cook that led to Jefferson being open. And everybody's like, what? Are you out of your mind? That's why they rotated too high coverage, double and triple coverage, because on Jefferson, because of Cook? No. Best wide receiver in the NFL. Period. You know, uh, I'm not even mad if you don't call him the best wide receiver in the NFL. You know why I'm not mad? There are two other guys that, that could easily make the claim, and I'd be okay with that. Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. If you want to make that claim, well, that's fine. Like, put him at two or three. Like, one, two, or three, I think, are all fair spots for Justin Jefferson. Where you lose me is the description. Um, uh, FT Maddie, man, that wasn't Mackie, that was Keyshawn Johnson. Um, and the description tells me that he's not watching the games and he doesn't know really the pulse of what's going on. Um, that is, that's brutal. It's brutal stuff. To me, it's all about being genuine and trying to be as absolute knowledgeable as possible. Like you can't do that. If you're just spouting off random takes, And I understand that that's what sells. But you can be genuine and spout off hot takes and take something. You know what? I'm not 100% sold on it. I'm about 80%. But let's run with it because it's good content. Okay, that's fine. And you can be give that hypothesis as to why your idea could end up being a thing. But when you come to me and you tell me Justin Jefferson isn't a top five receiver in football, you're either one incredibly biased or two, you don't watch football enough to make these kind of lists. <laughs> I don't know Keyshawn Johnson enough to make any kind of real generalizations about him and his knowledge of the game. The man was the number one overall pick. He oh. knows how to play receiver. But how much is he actually watching the games? How much is he actually diving deep into the Vikings and other teams? Like That's where I have a lot of questions, Dave, and why I didn't really want to talk about it because I didn't think he's worth talking about because of how he's utilizing these opinions. He's telling me he's not worth listening to because he's not paying attention. And Justin Jefferson was the one that won the offensive player of the year last year. Yeah. And I'm still fine. If you want to put him at two or three, because you're talking Devontae Adams and Tyree kill who have, who had great seasons and a long history to back it up. That's fine. But if you want to tell me he's at six, because you think AJ Brown and all these guys are just better, 
you're telling me you don't have enough information and you're not trying to get enough information. You're just making up a list. I don't want that. That's not why you guys are here right now. You guys are here because I put in the time and I give genuine opinions. You know what? If I'm wrong, I'll either eat it and grow or I'll tell you why you're wrong and why I thought I was right. Like, it's about being real and genuine. And to me, that's 100% more important than anything giving a real genuine opinion. And in your hijacking the show last week, Dave, um, I thought Luke Braun described kind of my process really well <laughs> in his nice video. Um, I had fun saying that. I, oh, I know you did. Um, saying that I always come to like a, a real conclusion and I put in the work and look, I, I don't like beating my own horn, but I, I mentioned that because that's how I do business. And I want to do business with people like that. I want to talk to people who do business like that, who put in the work, make informed opinions, and are willing to evolve and adapt based on new information. Keyshawn Johnson does not strike me as that type of person. Based on how he's presenting himself, um, FT Maddie Man's right, JJ has only just begun. When you look at everything, top three receiver, hands down, no ifs, ands, or buts. And we're going to end it at that because there's really nothing else to say. Jefferson, um, if you go by projections based on how he's grown every single year, Jefferson's going to have over 2,000 yards this season. Will he get there? I don't know. But start off with 1,500, 1,800, then 1,800, and then 2,000 is the next logical step in that progression. I think he's a very good player. He'll clip the rankum list and he'll take, you know, what Pat McAfee said today and he'll put it on his own personal bulletin board and he will use that as motivation. However, right now he's down in Brazil and teaching the kids down there football. So, which is that's bad, cool. That is cool. Expand the sport, get more people to love it. It's a good thing. Mm hmm. Maybe he can go and talk to um, talk to Dominic Toretto while he's hiding out. That'd be kind of fun. You you don't know who Dominic Toretto is, do you? No. Now, you watch Fast and the Furious movies. Do what? Watch the Fast and the Furious movies. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. So Jefferson, all timer. He's already on his way. The real intrigue is what comes after Justin Jefferson, and that starts with K.J. Osborne. I really don't know what to think of K.J. Osborne. I think he's a very talented player. I think he's very good. How good is he? Where is the ceiling? Is he, like, actually good, or is he a flash in the pan that just grew as a fifth-round pick? Well, what's the... What is his level? Like, where, what is he actually going to become? I don't know. And to me, that, that's where the intrigue is. I could see him flaming out and just being average because when you look at his stats, it's very interesting. His stats are he had 650 yards receiving, 350 of those came in the final four games. He only had 300 receiving yards. Through the first 13 games, that doesn't exactly exude a lot of confidence, but the fast finish is a really good sign as far as trying to project forward. And 
I just don't know what he is. I don't know if he's going to be really good. I don't know if he's going to be just okay. If he's going to take uh, another step. He's worked his way up from nothing. He was a fifth round pick draft as a kick returner, and he has made himself into a talented receiver. I think he'll end up getting like an eight to $10 million contract with a good season this year. I don't think it'll be with the Vikings. I just don't think that's enough. I don't think it's like, I just think there's too little cap space for the Vikings in order to really give him a, a contract like that. Considering you just drafted Addison, you, you're going to pay Hawkinson. There's just too many ifs, ands, or buts. And I, I think that's that's going to come into play. I also wonder if he gets beaten out, Dave, by Jordan Addison. Where Addison's coming in, first-round pick, he's got the hype. Yeah, he missed some time during OTAs, but he just had a minor hamstring injury. They wanted to be extra careful. Completely respect that. You don't want to get guys injured, especially when they are dealing with some soft tissue stuff. That is a tough one. So, yeah, he missed some time, but he's going to be 100% for training camp. And he's able to dominate in the middle of the field. That is where you need to win. You need to win that intermediate level, 10 to 19 yards. Everybody wants the deep ball, but the farther you go down the field, it's increasingly harder to be able to complete those passes. 10 to 19 yards is where teams win. That's where like the Dolphins, they had their resurgence this year with Tua, Hill, and Waddle. That's where the Chiefs have won. Yeah, Mahomes makes a lot of flashy plays, but it's the plays in that intermediate level that means so much. And that's where Addison's going to thrive. I think Osborne's just not as good of a separator as the other two. And I think that's really what's going to set Addison apart. It doesn't matter that he's only 173 pounds because he understands how to get off the line of scrimmage, get off press coverage and separate himself easily from cornerbacks with technique. And he's able to get his foot in the ground and explode out. I I really think uh, Addison with a good camp and a couple good games could end up taking that, uh, that wide receiver two role almost immediately. And The one thing that KJ has for him is that Kirk Cousins trusts him. And we know how much Kirk relies on trust with his receiving targets, whether it be JJ, KJ, or TJ. He trusts those guys. He trusted Adam Thielen um, and Stefan Diggs before that. It's that's part of Kirk. The top mm-hmm. missed so far from Addison worries me a little bit because he's still got to build up that trust factor with Kirk. Okay, I, I get that. I can see that. I am i don't think that'll be as big of a deal as you're making it out to be for one reason. Um, his name is TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, I think, is going to be the biggest factor here. Why? He kind of replaced that I trust the guy role when it was Thielen, and then Osborne obviously has his trust. Hawkinson was the second guy. And when you're the second guy, that is going to mean a little bit more here, Dave. And especially when you factor in Addison, like if TJ Hawkinson's your second option, Addison's your third. When you get to your third option, you want them to be have separation. And that's what Addison's going to bring to the table more than 
Um, what's his name? KJ. More than Osborne is going to do. And I think that's going to matter. Um, I, th- I really think that's, that's going to make a difference. Um, I, ha- I have the, um, the NHL draft on right here. Mario Lemieux had 133 goals and 248 points in his final season of junior hockey before making the NHL. Holy crap. That's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> like, uh, I hate having to readjust. But I get, I, I still haven't bought that pillow. I need to. Um, my tailbone just starts hurting. I hate it. All right. So the one thing we're going to have to look at with Addison is we're going to have to look at how he grows and how he evolves. How does he do in training camp? That is going to tell us a lot about where he's going to be and how we, what we can expect from him moving forward. But we also have to remember this. Jefferson didn't play his first two weeks, really. Got like seven passes for 70 yard, five yards combined in the first two weeks. And then he has that long touchdown where he breaks out the gritty against Tennessee and we were off to the races. So we're just going to have to keep our eye on with Addison. We're also going to have to keep our eye on how often they utilize 11 personnel. And while they're using 11 personnel, Dave, like where's Addison lining up? Is he primarily in the slide? Is he playing on the outside? When it's 12 personnel, how often is he in it over Osborne? Those are all the things we have to look at here. And I'm very fascinated to kind of see how it grows and develops. I expect that KJ will get probably the majority of those when there's only two wide receivers to start until Jordan builds up his reps and time in there and builds that trust and builds the the knowledge that, you know, we watch him on game day and he doesn't mess up. Then he'll start over. But like you said, hey, JJ, it took two games. Remember Stefan Diggs, it was, he wasn't in until what, game five, six or seven, something like that, back when he, Mm -hmm. when he first started. So it's, I worry about his hammy. Now it should be healed. Please, Odin, please be healed. Right. But I want Mm -hmm. him healthy and be able to perform. And as Bob just said, and we'll get there, Bob, we're going to talk about Jalen Naylor because I like that kid too. We're not going to talk about him yet because I want to address something that Mateo uh, mentions in the chat. He says, Addison worries me. People want to comp him to Devontae Smith. Sorry, I don't see it. Smith is more explosive and didn't play against used car salesmen like Addison did in the WAC 12, meaning the Pac 12. <laughs> <laughs> Mateo, here's, here's something that I, I'm not sure you're aware of, and I at least want to point out when having this conversation. He won the Bolitnikoff Award as the best wide receiver in all of college football. That was while he was a hit in the ACC. He's played against good competition, and I'll be honest, the Pac-12 was improved this year, but he even had a down year compared to what he was doing at Pitt. So it's just something to be mindful of. It's not always a one-to-one. Obviously, the SEC is better competition, but it's just something to know, something to just keep in the back of your mind. It's it's not the same. Um, so I I have I have big hopes for Addison. I really liked the pick. That that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, Let's go on to uh, Jalen Naylor and Jalen Rager. Naylor, I really, I like the potential. I don't know 
what he's going to be. Um, is he going to be like a next level player? Is he going to be just good? It's a six round pick. So this is year two. Keenan McCardell loves him, pounded the table for him. But at the end of the day, Dave, he's still a six round pick. So what kind of realistic expectations can you have for this kid? Like if he just stinks and gets cut, like we should almost ex- expect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he was just a six round pick. All his production came in garbage time last year. Look, the, the idea of Jalen Naylor right now is better than the player. You're Jalen Naylor. And that that's okay. He's going into year two as a six round pick. I know I've said six round pick a lot, and I'm going to say it a few more times. Six round pick, six round pick, six round pick. Oh, did you know he was a six round pick? And I digress. But Naylor is a vertical threat. He's only 5'11, but he's explosive off the line, and he's got speed to be able to take it deep and be able to really attack defenses on the back end. He needs technique work, and that's where Keenan McCardell is great. Mm-hmm. Carved out a 17 year career. As a small receiver, similar build to Naylor, too, actually. Ricardo, I think it was like 5'11", like 198, something like that. He was not a big guy. And he was a really good compliment to Jimmy Smith for all those years. And you know who he's a great compliment to? Keyshawn Johnson. Yep, they won a Super Bowl together with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But when you look at all of these factors, Dave, it it matters. They all matter. and. I think Ricardo's probably working with him a lot on technique. And I want to see where that is coming from. I want to see how that's growing, developing. And if that's growing and developing at a good pace, I really like that. I like the potential. I like what he could possibly be as an NFL wide receiver. But the idea of him right now is better than the player itself. And that has to be taken into consideration. Now, during OTAs, he got a lot of playing with the number ones because obviously Jefferson wasn't there and Addison was mm-hmm. And he did extremely well from all the reports. Now, hey, that's shorts. They're in shorts. They're not hitting. It's not quite the same. But what we did see of him late last season is he did do well for the brief time he was out on the field. I hope he develops. I hope this is one of those things that I hope Kevin O'Connell struggles with is to, hey, I've got, yeah, obviously JJ number one. I'm bringing Addy to be two. Right now, KJ Osborne's two. I've got Naylor back there. Naylor deserves some playing time and offers his stuff. If he starts to uh, maybe... Flores gets with him and goes on the offensive side. You just need to mix it up. Start. And confuse defense with who's there. And it and it could happen. I don't know. But I think it's I think if we have a bunch of good receivers at those levels, and that that and those guys are what I'm talking about, top four. You have depth. If somebody gets hurt, needs a breather, whatever, you got somebody that comes in and it's not going to be that big a drop off. And I think Naylor can fit that. He's got the speed. He's a speed demon and go deep, right? And I think that will help. So I like Naylor's prospects, even if he was a six rounder. And yet, by yes, we talk about rounds drafted and they generally work out. That's 
when they, you know, the study the draft and you see that, you know, long curve from first rounders down to the bottom, that's the way that works. But I would like to see it because I do think uh, Keenan McCardell, our wide receiver coach, is one of the best. And it would be nice to see these guys step up and have the depth. It's, I think it's nice on the offensive side that we do have some depth, finally. And I'm looking forward to it. I, I, want, I can't wait for the season to start, you know, or versus the preseason when we get to see a lot of these guys play. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing. You said it right at the end. You got to let these guys play. And that's where training camp is going to be fascinating for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thrilled to, you know, have the ability to, well, we'll see. Um, we only have, we're only going to have one car for all training camp. So we're trying to figure that piece out. Um, but to be able to, you know, get out there and watch the practices happen and be able to kind of figure, figure things out each day, I think is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and especially with this wide receiver group, I'm very excited to watch this wide receiver group. Mm-hmm. But l- let's go on to the other Jalen. And then we got to talk about some of the back end guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jalen Rager. First round pick 2020. It's been memed to death with the connection with Justin Jefferson, but it was a first round pick. That's why the Vikings made the risk to trade for him, gave up a conditional fifth and a seventh. Rager cannot be trusted as a wide receiver. And let me tell you why you just got to go back to that Indianapolis Colts game. The man ran two routes, both of which were botched, both of which were intercepted. And one of those was returned for a touchdown. That nearly cost the Vikings the game at multiple points. That's a problem. You can't have that happen. You just can't. You have to be able to be trusted to run a route. If you can't run a route, I can't put you in the football game. Like I, I don't want to use you in sub packages and like gadget type plays. I can't trust you. That's where we're at with Rager. I'm out. I th- like if they cut him, yeah, they eat two point like five million dollars in cap space, and I think that makes a difference for why he might not be cut because you're just eating all that cap space. I would think they're going to try and trade him for a conditional seventh, and that condition. Who cares what the condition is? You're getting rid of that cap space. 
Rager should not be rostered. You can't even really trust him as a punt returner. It's just tough. It's so frustrating that a guy who is as talented as he is struggles this much to just do the simple things at wide receiver. Finish your route. Know where you're supposed to sit in the hole. Like that, like we're talking elementary stuff for an NFL wide receiver, and he's not doing it. You can't roster him. Right. And he and if he, you know, he cuts right instead of left, it's I agree with you. He most likely will be the one cut. There was a question about is JJ the tallest wide receiver? I just looked it up. Technically, on the 90-man, no, he is not. Of the players that I expect to make the roster, he might be. He will be at six foot one. And that, to me, that's a problem. You need that bigger guy. And that's where, let's start talking about some of these UDFA guys, back-end guys who have a shot at making the roster. We're going to start with Cephas Johnson the third. But before we do that, answer Rhonda's question. How many wide receiver do you think makes the final cut on the 53? Four, five, six? My first projection had six. My latest projection just came out on Monday. Five. Probably it's five or six, depending on how they construct the rest of the roster, how many guys they want to keep. I'm penciling in every Vikings draft pick of the last two years to make the roster. That's just kind of what we've seen from a trend for how Quasito Flamenza has done business. And what I mean by that is he has just prioritized guys he's selected. Like Nick Muse did not make the team, but you know, he, they kept him on the practice squad and they eventually elevated him. Mm-hmm. Everybody else made the team, didn't get cut, didn't get moved to the practice squad. I ex- I would expect the same this year. That's just it, it feels like he's he has faith that his process and his guys are going to be the difference. So I, I would expect five or six guys to make the team. We'll see how that ends up kind of playing out. I genuinely don't know. But it's gonna be fascinating to watch kind of what he does. I think he's he's going to have a lot more loyalty to those guys than the guys taken at the end of the Rick Spielman era. We saw that last year. So let's talk about Cephas Johnson third. He's a big version of Slash. Dave, you you remember Slash? Yes. Cornell Stewart five to be exact for big. He's six five two twenty. Skinny. He's not too big. He's huge. Like that's a six five is not. That's still relatively thin. Six five two twenty, but I mean he's like he's a well built human. He's a, he's good sized. Like I think that's kind of what you're looking at here. Um, you're looking at a good sized individual. Um, but he's got athleticism. He's a fantastic size adjusted athlete. Now here's what that means. It's not like Dave, you and I are different body types, different sizes. So therefore our, just our athletic profiles one-to-one aren't necessarily fair. So what they do is they, they basically level out the playing field as a size adjusted athlete. And he ranked in the 90th percentile. That's a, that's a really good number. Yeah. He runs a four, six but he's so big. Like he, uh, he's going to learn how to eventually you know, position himself 
and box players out and do all those little nuanced things. Once he learns to do that, you could really have a good player um, on on your hands. Um, that, just answering to answer quick, I don't know that. But I do know um, he loves cats. I'll just say that much. He loves cats. Meow. Um, there is a backstory there. If you know, you know. So I, I like the idea of Cephas Johnson the third. I don't know if it'll come of anything. Um, just like all these like back end guys UDFAs, you're looking at them from two areas. One, what's their potential? And two, what are they right now? And you have to decipher which one you're gonna follow most. The idea of Cephas Johnson as like a power slot, a big guy that you could trust in the red zone. Like a tiger. Almost. But I, I I like him as like a a split end. Or not a, a tight end. Johnson type. A what? Calvin Johnson type. Yeah, but nowhere near as prolific. Um, he's just a big guy that can use his size to his advantage. And I think if he can learn how to do that, think Larry Fitzgerald at the back end of his career when he started losing that athleticism on the outside. He moved to the slot and like reinvented his career. Like that's that's I think who we're looking at here. Um, Mateo asked, was Sidney Rice the last big jump ball receiver we had? Michael Jenkins. Um, he caught Christian Fonder, Ponder's first ever pass and uh, got it down to the one-yard line. He played for the Vikings for a little bit. As far as like big receivers that played like regularly, yeah, that that's that's who we'd be talking about. I like the idea of having a big guy consistently. How that will work, I don't like... I think you can make it work in this offense, no problem. But I think what really intrigues me is looking at that piece and just seeing what the talent is, and then you can maximize the talent. I like that ability. Um, But he's a UDFA, and we have to really understand that as a UDFA, there's you have to have realistic expectations. We talked about Jaron Hall. I'm very high on Jaron Hall, but you have to have realistic expectations in that he's still a fifth round pick. And because he's a fifth round pick, you have to, you have to be aware of that. And, and we know the history of fifth round picks and it's not good. You have to, the word is temper the expectations. The other UDFA I really want to talk about is Malik Knowles. I think Malik Knowles should have been drafted, but there's reasons why guys aren't drafted. He was injured during all the pre-draft process. He had a PCL injury, had it cleaned up after the game against Alabama in the bowl game, wasn't able to run, and he's a little raw, but he's very talented. And if you watch him against, uh, at, sorry, at, excuse me, Kansas State, he showed that talent off a lot. He's able to do a lot of different things. And because he's able to do a lot of different things, you're looking at a really, t- like, you're looking at a guy that you could trust in multiple positions. You could trust him as a wide receiver. You can trust him as a punk gunner. He's also a good returner. And I like that he is, he's a returner as well. That's going to help him make the roster. Special teams helps these back end guys make the roster because they have to play special teams, Dave. They have to. I you agree. don't have a choice. 
So because he already has a special teams background, I like the uh, I like that he could be a guy that's already kind of crafted his role on the roster be as a UDFA. Um, I think that's that's something to keep in mind. I also he think that he's six two. Yep, and he's a burner. He is, is a vertical threat. The other guy that we need to talk about before we get to the kind of other guys, um, we need to talk about Brandon Powell. Um, former Ram, he returned a putt against the Vikings for a touchdown week 16 of 2021. I was at a field suite at that game. That did not go over very well in the building, let me tell you. But he's more of a slot gadget guy with an excellent returnability. I would be surprised if he did doesn't make the team. But if he doesn't make the team, it's going to be because a guy like Noel stepped up in a big, big way. Um the other guy we really need to talk about that for those last like spots, Tristan Jackson. And if you remember Tristan Jackson last year had a really good camp and people were very high and there were a lot of people talking him up this, that, and the other thing. Jackson looked really good. He ended up on the practice squad all year. And I think that we could have like Sam Ekstrom of lockdown is very high on Jackson and I like him. I want to see what he's able to do this year. He came into league in 2020 as UDFA made the Rams in 2020 did not end up playing a game, but he made the final 53. You pair that with him coming over with Kevin O'Connell. Like you're sitting in a great spot, Dave, this guy could make the team and we could be in a really nice situation. Ah, got to readjust again. I hate this thing. $700 $700 chair and I'm not comfortable in it. It sucks. But that's kind of it for guys I would expect to make the team. People in the chat are talking about Lucky Jackson. He came from the XFL's DC defenders. There's a chance. Blake Prohl has a chance. Thayer Thomas has a chance. Um, Garrett Meg from North Dakota has a chance, but I don't think Garrett, we're going to get any who the six, four wide receiver was. That was Garrett. Mack. Yep. Um, I, I think the guys that we talked extensively about are the only ones who have really realistic shots at making the team. But if we get pleasantly surprised, that's objectively a good thing because that means a guy stepped up and uh, was something more than just a camp body. And that's always a plus. So we'll kind of see how things play out. And then oh, the yeah. transferred to the practice squad afterwards. Yeah. Um, so Patrick uh, is asking, remember when we all thought Courtney Davis was locked? We all thought Courtney Davis was going around three and then he didn't. This year's Courtney Davis is Ivan Pace. So we'll see how Pace ends up uh, turning out. And obviously, linebackers different than wide receiver. But expected to go middle rounds, those undrafted, that profile kind of fits. Courtney Davis was undersized, just like Pace. It all, all kind of blends together. But I'm really intrigued to see what ends up happening with this wide receiver room, especially from four to four or five and potentially six if they end up keeping six. There's talented guys in this room. We'll see. Um, Mateo, no, it's a um, secret lab Titan. I, I just, I sit a lot because of work and my tailbone's just been a little sore. So I, I just have to adjust. Otherwise, it's very comfortable. I just get annoyed because my tailbone hurts. But that's a me problem, so. I want to answer what the, my worthless opinion asked did we find out what dave is drinking tonight and i shook my head no we haven't 
I hadn't seen an ass. Norsvia said he asked. Uh, obviously, brown amber liquid, bourbon. This time, I'm staying in Texas, but I'm staying local. This is a still Austin bourbon. It is distilled downtown. It's one of the award-winning bourbons in Texas. There's something about Texas whiskeys. They call it a Texas funk, and it has to deal with the, the weather down here and how quickly they age and sort of some of the ingredients they use because a lot of them do some exploratory things like iron root. The iron root I fell in love with uses a blue corn that came back from that they found from the 19 something or others or 18 something or others. Others use red corn and different types of grains in the mash bills. And then you, they distill it numerous times, take the cuts, stick it in the barrels, different styles of barrels, how much char and how they treat the barrels. Like I said, Iron Root does it different, differently because they come from a, uh, I want to say sherry background. Um, okay. Over in France. No, cognac. And how they treat it and how they cut it. Most when whiskeys age over time, right, the barrel absorbs some of it, the angels cut, but it reduces. You know, you may start out with 50 gallons, but it reduces maybe to 35 in the barrel or whatever the size of the barrel is well when it reduces the alcohol content gets higher and higher and higher and higher because obviously a lot of that's lost through evaporation the liquid portion of it Mm -hmm. well what most whiskeys do whiskey companies and distillers do is well they get to that end point and then right before they bottle they dump a bunch of water in it to cut it to make to set the proof whether it's at 40 40 proof or Hundred, you know, forty percent alcohol or a hundred or fifty point five for like wild turkey one hundred one, hundred and one proof, whatever they set the proof that way. Where Iron Root was different is they keep adding that water during it, and they keep the proof constant and at a certain range, and it imparts a different taste. Mm-hmm. Really delicious. I'd love to find some Iron Root, but everything around here in Austin is sold out. No, Oof. but still Austin, like I said, another award winner is downtown, and they are on the my scheduled distillery visitation trip that's coming up in next month in July. Then I'm very going. nice, and I um, hope to test many of their products. Good. Forlum Hope um, mentions Keeper's Heart. High recommend Keeper's Heart. Um, it's an Irish American blend, which is very weird. But once you try it, it's awesome. Um, because I used to run a liquor store, us store managers got to taste it. And in tasting it, we got to taste the three component parts that were, that were in the blend. Mm-hmm. Oh, tremendous stuff. Absolutely tremendous stuff. Um, high recommended. They have an Irish-American blend, an Irish-American bourbon. They have single malt. Um, awesome, awesome Awesome stuff. Um, Dave, high recommend next time you come anywhere near here, or it may even be in Texas soon. They hired the head, the former head distiller of Jameson to come help them make this. So it's, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I like Irish whiskey. It's as good as you think. 
But that's going to be the show tonight. Um, I do want a programming note. Next Monday is, and I haven't even told Dave this yet, next Monday is the day before the 4th. There will be no live show. Um, There might be a taped show, but we won't be doing a live show. I got gifted twins tickets from uh, from a good friend, so oh, we're gonna, cool. yeah, we're gonna go to a twins game with them. And if any of you know me, you know how much I need to take a break and go enjoy life. <laughs> so I'm going to do that, and it's so we may have something, we may not. Um, we may just end up punting for that day, just because it's the weekend of the fourth spend time with your families and we'll be back Wednesday. So just a programming note, we're not forgetting about you, but just be prepared. There will also be no purple daily on draft next Monday. For those of you who also listen to that because of the 4th of July weekend. So bada bing, bada boom. This, this was a good show. We have a good, excuse me, (laughs) a good wide receiver room that is made better because we have a good tight end. And we've got a great wide receiver coach. Yes, we do. Oh, um, in the talk about tight ends. It was asked on size of tight ends. All of our tight ends, except for one, is six foot five, and the one that isn't is six foot four. Yeah, they're fine size wise. Um, otherwise, yeah, that's our show. Thank you, Mary, for the uh, happy wishes. Um, don't forget, we have on. The podcast feed, we have a daily opener every single weekday morning. We have Justin dropping, I believe, on Tuesdays. And then we have we also have Dave's show every Sunday, which will transition to Saturdays once the season starts. So something to keep in mind as we continue and get closer and closer to the season. And we're going to try and have some form of postgame show for you here this season as well. We're going to have some fun. It's going to be a really good time. And thank you guys very much for being here. Please hit like and subscribe, share with your friends. Going into the show, we were one away from 750. I want to get to 1000 by opening day, and I think we can do it. So if you're not subscribed yet, please do. I I've see we see new people in the comments regularly. Um, we, we love seeing that. We love having new people. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful night. And Dave, what is the one thing we always say to end the show? That I've got things to talk about, too. Oh, all right. (laughs) Anyways, now, as all of you know, I was in the military. And what do we have before a weekend or long weekend or holiday weekend? We have a safety briefing. We want you back next week. Do not blow off your fingers, your thumbs, your toes, your legs, whatever. Over the 4th of July, stay safe as always. Be smart, but enjoy yourself. Drink good beverages and eat great food and stay with absolutely awesome people that you enjoy the time with. Now, Tyler alluded to me and Darren on Sunday for two old bloggers. Yes, we will be here. Darren's already said he's going to be there. We've got at least two subjects already locked down. He's going to be looking again at that uh, analytics side of the Vikings front office, as well as we're going to be uh, previewing Jordan Addison as the last draftee to look at 
we haven't decided on a third topic yet, but we'll get there. And yes, Rhonda, no DUIs. Um, now, since we're all basically in the same community, I highly encourage you. There is a horned up tomorrow night, and I can't wait. I've even talked to one bar in Lupkus, talked about hacking their show and taking over, but I can't wait to see that. In the meantime, catch me in the mornings around before lunchtime on the Vikings Daily Opener. You'll hear my dulcet tones as I rag on the people at ESPN, and tomorrow you'll hear me rag on Pat McAfee over his Justin, Justin, Justin Jefferson take. Anyways, I've been talking too long all day today. But <laughs> yes, Tyler, we say one thing at the end, and it is Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. On behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply this has been a vikings first and skull production Thanks for listening.